Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, that's good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is James P. Friel. I'm very excited for the show we have in store for you today. We have a real expert on creating online courses, membership sites, and really packaging up your content in a way that makes it easy uh, you know, for people to consume and for you to get your message out into the world in a really, uh, a really great customer experience sort of way. We have Megan Harrison here today. But before we go over to Megan, I definitely want to check in with my co-host, Dean Holland coming live from Nottingham, UK. This is just like sort of his intro music now. How are you today, Dean? <laughs> I'm all the better for hearing and seeing you, of course, especially with that introduction music. <laughs> yeah, I can't help myself. Once I found that soundbite, I was like, yeah, it absolutely has to be used. On I feel the like I need to start dressing up like a knight and just like come in medieval clothing or something. Well, you're you're halfway there. Like what most people don't see right now is I see Dean on camera and he's already got the cape on. Uh, so I think you should just go all the way and be totally good. <laughs> awesome. So Megan, great to have you on the show here today. How are you? I'm amazing. I'm so happy to be here. We are happy to have you. So, um, so you know, this is a little bit an unconventional sort of podcast. You know, Dean, uh, it will not be uncommon for me to make a few snide remarks about Dean uh, at a number of points during the show, especially because last time he told me his beard was so much better than mine. So just... <laughs> That's yeah. a hard one. It was. I felt I was very uh, distraught by that. And I almost <laughs> thought about throwing this entire podcast out the window, but I think we'll keep it. <laughs> so Megan, we're definitely excited to have you here today. And, you know, one of the things that I know you've been working on, you know, helping people with is, you know, membership sites and content, uh, you know, packaging all that stuff up. But before we get to that, can you, uh, you know, maybe just tell everybody a little bit about, you know, yourself and your own entrepreneurial journey? Because I think that's what we as entrepreneurs tend to have in common with each other is we've all gone through sort of these roller coasters and challenges and struggles and stuff like that. And I, I don't actually know all of your background. I'm super curious, you know, for you to share that. And then we'll kind of get into your area of expertise. Yeah, that's totally true. We all have some crazy story. Um, I think most people think that when they're, when people start a business, they have like this grand plan and everything is just mapped out perfectly. But yeah, that's definitely not how it happened. I would say just one foot in front of the other and then just leads you down probably a completely different path than you ever could have expected. But basically, I before I started my business, I was in hospital administration. So running like the finance side of hospitals, something completely different. And one weekend, I went to this Tony Robbins seminar, Unleash the Power Within, and basically made the declaration. I was like, I give myself six months to start my own business. I don't know what it's going to be, but you know, I'll just figure it out. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So I was walking out of the hospital, working, not in the hospital, uh, one day. <laughs> not with burned feet from the firewalk. Oh, right? no, no. I was scared about that, but I made that safely across. Nice. Yeah. So I was just walking out of the hospital one day and I was like, you know what? I can help people with their social media. 
And granted, like I hate social media marketing. I don't do that for myself at all, but it was a means to the end. I was able, I was able to get enough clients that I felt comfortable leaving my uh, corporate job. Then that kind of just led down like one path to another into more like general marketing automation strategy, website design, and then landed on solely focusing on online course creation and launch strategy. So continue to niche, niche, niche. And now I'm here. All right. So, so I got to ask, so, so you're, I don't know how you make the leap from, I hate social media to, I'm going to help people with their social (laughs) media. It's kind of like, for me, it's like, how Dean said, I don't wear makeup every day, but I'm going to build a, a large <laughs> membership site to teach ladies how to put on makeup, right? Yeah. I shared that with you in private. <laughs> that wasn't There's supposed some... to be on air. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Hit the dump button. I wasn't supposed to say that. Um, so there's some things that I don't just, I just don't understand, I guess. But how did, how did you decide that was what you wanted to do at that time? Because that seems like a pretty bold decision for, for where you work. Yeah. I mean, I think, again, people sometimes think you have to have like, when you're first starting your business, it has to be exactly what you want to do forever. Like you have this vision and it needs to be like your biggest passion is. But again, sometimes you just need that means to an end. Like you need that first step in to start getting some experience and something that you do feel like you could do well. So I mean, like, although I don't like enjoy, I'm not a Facebook fanatic. I grew up in that era. Like I've I don't know, since college, since it was open. And it's something I could do. So I knew it wasn't going to be forever, but it's something that allowed me to get clients, allowed me to have enough revenue coming in to then figure out maybe what is it that I'm really passionate about. Awesome. So I'm actually curious, Dean, I don't know if I've ever asked you this question. What was your very, very first business venture? Ooh, it depends how far back you want to go. So like, Obviously, when I was a kid, I would cut lawns and things like that for mainly just family. But if we come a bit bit further forward from that, so I, <laughs> I've done a few things. So my first thing, I don't know what you guys would call it in the US. Is it like a, a food truck, like a mobile food truck, you know, where you'd like cook food in it and... Yeah, like, yeah, food truck. Yeah, so that was my, that was actually my first ever business and it, it, that went really? really well. Yeah, I got, I got held up by three guys one day though, I'm robbed. And... <laughs> You're kidding me. <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, I tend not to talk about that. <laughs> what, what, uh, what was the cuisine? Was it, uh, uh, it was, was it straight junk food, like burgers, hot dogs? Yeah. And you bought the whole truck and everything? Yeah, yeah. I, I started working um, in like a little restaurant when I was 16. So straight out of school into full-time work. And after two years, I was like, I can do this for myself. I don't need this place. And uh, yeah, so I, I, I bought a food truck and went about that until I got robbed. Well, <laughs> and, then, and then it was over. Would they take all your money or did they... Do they food truck jack you? Is that what it's called? Like, yeah, do they take yeah. the food truck? Something along those lines. Yeah. There's three guys came and just helped themselves to whatever they wanted. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, your prices are too high. We're taking this shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad you didn't get shot. Um, Megan, I didn't know we were at, we actually had an accomplished chef on the show with us today. That is awesome. So Megan, was that your very, very first entrepreneurial venture or had you... You know, had you done some sort of things on the side before you left the hospital and decided to, you know, get into social media management? No, yeah, that would be my very first one. Um, so my my corporate life, like that was pretty time consuming. 
I didn't have too much time for any entrepreneurial ventures on the side. I guess when I was little, I was in Girl Scouts and I sold Girl Scout cookies. That was pretty entrepreneurial. But that's that's a, well, you have that in common with Dean. Also, he sold Girl Scout cookies just last week. Girl Scout cookies <laughs> and makeup. Yeah, that's right. I'm a diverse kind of guy. What can I say? <laughs> Yeah, you're a very renaissance man. Yeah, well that's cool. I um now it's it's funny hearing you guys talk about this stuff because my I'd say my first one I did long cutting and stuff like that, you know, like you did and then you know work miserable construction jobs where I wanted to just like jump <laughs> off of the roofs that I was working on. Like actual manual labor? Oh yeah. Oh, it was horrible. That is hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. You know, going up and down ladders all day with, you know, stacks of shingles on my shoulders and all sorts of awfulness. And I, and that was really my inspiration to study very hard in college. I was like, there is no way in hell I am going to live a life where I have to do that. (laughs) But in college, I started uh, what I thought was the most impressive company of the world at the time was Titan Communications. We were selling, we were just like a front end lead gen sales sort of thing for this company that was one of the first voice over internet protocol, you know, VoIP dialing technology. Cause back at the time, phone bills were like 10 cents a minute for long distance and like crazy. Like you actually had to think about how long you're on the phone with somebody. We should have guessed with your level of intelligence that you wouldn't say something like a food truck <laughs> selling cookies, right? It has to come out. Oh yes, we could devise the first ever VoIP technology. Yeah, but I don't want you to—I don't want you to have any like you know uh, misconceptions about this. We made exactly zero dollars. So, <laughs> At know. least it sounds smart. Yeah, that's right. I shouldn't have said that. How much money? Um, well, we'll, uh, well, to the uh, to the producers, please edit this out of the show. So no, that's cool. It's it's always fun for me to hear how you know how people started and what they did and stuff like that. And now I know that Dean's got a food truck, and that'll definitely come up in future episodes for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All I can picture is like you like get your peanuts, like get your peanuts, like <laughs> some guy like shouting outside the food truck. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, so back back to the back to uh, back to Megan. So so Megan, so 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 after you started the social media management, how how did you wind up getting into you know, the the membership site creation and all of the automation and stuff like that, because that's really like, that's your wheelhouse now. And that's really what you're positioned to help people with. And that's where I want to dig in and, you know, sort of ask you some questions in your area of expertise. But how did, how did you get into that? And what was your first, you know, sort of your first projects looking like? Yeah. So, I mean, in all honesty, like how I first started and got into the website design was because I had to build my own website and I, I didn't have the money to hire someone to do it. And so when I was doing this, I'm like, wow, I'm really good at this. <laughs> it just comes naturally. And I figured that out the reason was because when, I, again, when I was little, I used to scrapbook all the time. So all throughout like middle school and high school, and although very different, they have the same skill set, like the visual design and layout and structure. So that's where that came in. And then I really started my business by taking online courses, like I told you I had no idea what I was going to do. I had no idea how to start a business. I literally Googled how to start a business when I left the Tony Robbins seminar. And <laughs> yeah, and so probably through some very good retargeting ads and um, Facebook marketing, I came across courses like Marie Forleo's B-School or Todd Brown's six-figure formula launch and Pat Flynn and Amy Porterfield. And so I just like became 
obsessed with like consuming as much as I could and learning through these courses. And I really like, that's where I started to become so passionate about this because I saw like what an impact it had on my business, but then also started doing the math on the other end. I'm like, wow, Marie Forleo is selling these courses at $2,000 each. And she has literally thousands of people joining every single year. That sounds pretty lucrative. And I hypothesize that there's probably a lot of other entrepreneurs that were interested in creating courses like this. And I was right. So from there, I really niched down. And Infusionsoft was a huge like game changer too. Becoming an Infusionsoft certified consultant um, really opened a lot of doors for me and been an amazing experience since then. Awesome. And I would say uh, you've raised the level of vocabulary on our show. I don't think, I think she's probably the first person who've said hypothesized. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly hasn't come out of my mouth. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, that's not, it's like medium, like eighth grade level. Yeah. Now it's, listen, we, well, we've been trying to keep this at a third grade. Third grade. So yeah. I've heard that's a good strategy. <laughs> that is just for my benefit. <laughs> <laughs> Right, exactly. So, all right. So, so, so now that you've, you know, you've not only, uh, I think that's really cool. And, and, and it's been true for me too, where, you know, what's helped you get to where you are can sometimes be the inspiration of how you want to help other people, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, being an entrepreneur for me is about a couple of things. It's one, you know, about the the life that I want to have and the freedom and you know, the ability to make the kind of money that, that I feel like I want to make. But it's also about, uh, you can't do that unless you're providing value to other people. And so it's totally. right. And that's where the passion comes from is, you know, what kind of value are you providing to other people? And so, you know, your own experience, I guess, sort of, you know, brought that to the forefront for you. So let's let's dig into some uh, some tips now. This show is called Just the Tips, not just because Dean and I have twisted minds, but yeah. because we do like to uh, <laughs> actually give people actionable, <laughs> actionable uh, things that they can do. So so if somebody wants to create a course that, you know, for, I think for a lot of people who are not in the space and certain, you know, people who aren't experts at it like you, it sounds kind of intimidating. I'm going to create a course like I don't even know where to start, right? And so if somebody wants to create a course, like what is, like, is there a recipe for doing this? Like, how do you guide somebody from, you know, A to Z if they want to get something like that going? What does it look like? Yeah, there's, there's definitely a recipe, but I would say my number one tip, my first tip is to really embody the philosophy of just-in-time learning. So the biggest mistake that I see people make is that they do, they want to get all the answers right away. They're like, before they even start creating their content or even have a name for the course or an idea, they're like, well, how do I build my membership site? How am I going to launch this? How am I going to set up my sales funnel? I'm like, dude, you are not there yet. Like, why are you even thinking about those things? So really take it one step at a time and figure out like, what do I need to focus on? And what do I need to learn right now? That's going to move me to that next stage and then worry about that because just trust the answers are out there. I promise you there's thousands of people who have created courses. You'll be able to figure it out. So that would be my first tip. But then if you do want to know the framework to follow, it really course creation breaks down into three main phases. You have phase number one, which is your content creation, where you're actually outlining your course, val or validating an idea, outlining your course, and structuring the content. 
and creating the content, that'd be important too. Then phase number two is where you actually dive into the technical phase of things. So the membership site, your payment system, um, your email management platform. And then phase number three is where you focus on your launch strategy and basically selling your course. Right. Okay. All right. So cool. So, all right. So I'm getting, I'm getting the picture here. Let me, let me ask you this. Who, who should create a course? Right. So there's got to be, I, you know, I don't think a guy with a food truck <laughs> necessarily needs to be creating a course, but I could be wrong. Yeah. I mean, I, I've be- yet to find an industry where it wouldn't work because honestly, there are so many people that want to start a food truck business that you could create a course on how to start a food truck business. If there, well, there if go. there was someone that wanted to do that, like I have no idea. How did you find the freaking truck? Like, how did you? How did you? It's a good question. Yeah. That is a very legitimate question. There are so many questions that ran through my mind when he said that. And <laughs> so, anyone that wanted to start a food truck business is going to have those same questions, probably more. Um, well, if you come back in six weeks, I'll I'll have a course for that. Awesome. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Introducing the new food truck course by Dean Holland. Yeah. <laughs> Will there be a special bonus module on how to not get held up at gunpoint? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Although I don't have the answer to that because I failed there miserably. <laughs> <laughs> You're seeking other experts for that for that module. That'll be a guest module, yeah, for sure. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. So so your feeling is that there's really no sort of uh, hard and fast rule that says these types of people should create courses, these types of people shouldn't create courses because people are eager to learn pretty much anything that somebody has an area of expertise in. Am I understanding that correctly? Right. I mean, that's not going to be 100% across the board. But if you know something that other people want to know, then there's a good chance that you're going to have success with creating a course. The best people to create courses, though, would be someone that already has, they're already teaching their IP, like their intellectual property, their expertise in some type of framework, formula, or systematic process. So it works really well for people that are doing like live seminars or live workshops or running um, corporate training or corporate seminars as well as one-on-one consulting. So you already have a methodology that you're teaching that's been successful to help people get those results. Now you're just kind of repackaging it in a different format. So taking you, your time out of the equation and making it a more scalable business model. Right, right. Okay, so so people, so you're saying it's open for anyone who wants to do it, but it's easier uh, you know, for people who are already producing content in some shape or fashion or another. Right. Cause that's going to be the hardest part. At least the first hardest part is synthesizing your, what you know, like all your years of wisdom, experience and expertise, and then packaging it in a way that you can teach other people. Cause it's one thing to be really knowledgeable about a topic or be an expert. It's another thing to be good at teaching it. And that first step to becoming a good teacher is being able to lay it out like in a simple format that other people can understand. So is there an art to that? Because I totally agree, right? Some people are experts that no matter what we do, we are never going to mine that information out of their craniums. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, And then there are other people who just seem to be much better at communicating the concepts and, and teaching other people. So is there... You know, is there a strategy that you've you've seen used or that you've used to, you know, get un, sort of unlock 
that expertise or are some people just going to be, you know, their knowledge going to be sort of held hostage? Yeah, there, there is a strategy. Of course, some people are always going to be better at it. It's going to become more naturally. But after doing this for like the last four years, I've came up with a framework called the Results Center Training Formula. And what this is, is a, like a seven-step process to really unpack your knowledge and lay it out in a clear and concise way. So the big mistake people make when first starting to create a course is they first start thinking about like, okay, what's everything that I could teach someone? What's all the information that I know on this topic, anything and everything? And I'm going to just like throw it into a course. But that's like the worst way that you can go about doing it because it's just going to become like this oversaturated encyclopedia. And we're absolutely inundated with information. We're overwhelmed with it. We don't need more information. What people want is that end result. So they want a step-by-step systematic process that's going to get them from A to Z. So instead of focusing on like the information and what you know, you first need to figure out where are my customers now? Step number one. Where do they want to be is step number two. And then what specific actions do they need to take in order to get to that end result? which is step number three. And those core actions become your modules. So your modules are like a a section of a book. And then you can ask the question, what information do they need to know in order to take those actions? And then only include that information. So it's really like, there is a reason for everything that you're putting into that course. It's not just to add more information for the sake of information. Right, right. No, that's, that's awesome. Were you gonna say something, Dean? Yeah, no, I, excuse me. I love uh, hearing this actually because this is something we've actually just been working through with one of our own programs. So it's, it's actually a perfect timing to hear this because I was one of those guys that had like everything in there and it was like a huge database of information. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why is nobody finding their way around this? It's so logical, <laughs> <laughs> but it's only logically in my head. So this makes perfect sense. Well, and see, Dean, it's no accident that we've invited Megan to be on the show today. As we've said from the very beginning, this show is a very selfish endeavor for us. That's the best way to do it. Yeah, to get get the best information from the best people on the problems that are needing to be solved. (laughs) I love this. (laughs) So, 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 Megan... Like I sort of am, am imagining that your course is like a great standard, you know, for how to create courses, right? It's not just, a, you know, a good course on, you know, getting all that information out there, but it's a good, like, almost like a role model. Is that, is that fair? I would say that's fair. That's a very nice way of putting it. I do. <laughs> He's like, yes, my course is the best. It is freaking amazing. Um I kind of use it as a course. You buy my course. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of use it as an experimental ground too. So I'm not scared to like try something new, which ends up in breaking a lot of things often. But I figure that it's better to break it on my own stuff than my client stuff. Um, So yeah, like I'm sure they appreciate that. Yes, they do. Um, So you get to see the testing just right up in front and center, and. Yeah, I would say I agree with that statement. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's cool. So so what do you find are the biggest things that, you know, I, I see this all the time. People get a great idea. Hey, we're going to do this. And then they get two or three steps in and then they just either lose steam. They throw in the towel. They get frustrated. You know, all that sort of stuff. Right. It happens all of the time. Mm-hmm. And uh 
It almost happened with this podcast because of the <laughs> technical problems we had earlier. On. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not not really. We were determined to do this, but holy hell, it was a frustrating. <laughs> so I get it. But what like what are the main obstacles that you see when working with people that, you know, they have the greatest intentions when they start and they're like, Yeah, I'm gonna start this food truck course. And then, you know, two weeks in they're like, I'm not going to start the food truck course anymore. <laughs> like what what happens and what stops people and what can be done to help people actually overcome that so that they can get the success that they really want in the beginning? Yeah. So first and foremost, it's going to be what people say all the time is like, you really do need to have a why behind what it is that you're doing. Because without that, when things get difficult and when things get frustrating or you want to throw the podcast out the window because all the tech issues are driving you insane, you need to have that to come back to and be like, okay, well, I really want to buy that Maserati or I really want to go on that trip or I really don't want to be stuck at my corporate job for the rest of my life, clocking in and out. And when you have that, then you can move to the more technical things. But one of my biggest pet peeves is when I ask people, like, why do you want this? And everyone always says, well, I just want to help people. And I'm just like, that is such bullshit. Like maybe, maybe yes. <laughs> like, I, uh, like, I'm not buying it. Like, of, of course, if you're not a sucky person and like you are a good human being, we all have that altruistic nature to want to help other people. Like that's just how we, like we are as long as you're a good person. But that's not what's going to keep you up at night and early in the morning, day in and day out until you get to that finish line. Like you need to be... Like, don't try to or stop feeling guilty for what it is that really drives you. Whether it's you want to have like a million Chanel purses or you want to, I don't know, go travel across the world. If that's what fuels you, you need to just accept that and then use that as leverage. I think both of those items are on James's wish list as well. Actually, you've you've been looking at that. <laughs> um, um, a, million, a million Chanel purses, yeah. Yeah, I'm only, I only have 300 right now. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's my wish list. But. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so after that, you know that part. Like the other big tip is what I mentioned already before is that just-in-time learning. Don't try to figure out everything all at once because if you do that, it's a huge waste of time. Like if you figure out all the tech things right now and then it takes you six months to create all this content, by the time you come back and actually get to the tech stuff, it's there's a good chance it's all going to change. Like that's how rapidly technology is changing. And so that was just for not. And then the third big tip is don't try to do it all yourself. Like I believe that in every area of my life, like whether it's fitness or meditation or anything new that I'm trying to learn or a habit I'm trying to instill, I'm going to seek out the best resource, the people that have already achieved what I want to achieve and then learn through them because as Tony Robbins says, success leaves clues. I learned that at UPW. Yeah, that's that's the truth. Well, uh, well, Dean, she's not just giving us tips; she's giving us big tips. <laughs> no, I picked up on that. This is huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah she's, not, she's not holding anything back, which is fantastic for us and uh, and for all the listeners. And and I totally agree with you on that on those tips, though. I mean, the just in time thing, like you could spend your entire life learning one fraction of what there is to learn. But if you don't take action on it, it's kind of pointless. And and you can totally shortcut the process by, you know, working with people who've done it before. Like there's zero reason to reinvent the wheel. And I know that's like a pretty cliche statement, but 
some cliche statements are the cliche because they're true and you should just like sort of roll with them. For a reason. And then that goes right into play with why you're creating that course, because that is your number one goal as a course creator is to shortcut that time. So the reason why people are willing to spend premium prices for these online courses is because it's going to get them to where they want to be in less time with less headache and less stress. So if you can offer that and you have like a framework that you can teach to get people to that end goal, then you're golden. Awesome. Awesome. So, all right. So, so Megan, let's, let's, uh, let's shift gears for a second here. So if somebody wants to, uh, to take your, you know, shining star course, which I've already like determined must be one of the best ones out there in terms of layout and, you know, giving people the information they know, because it sounds like you've, you know, not only just put a lot of thought in this, but you've got, you know, years worth of experience in doing this. How does, how does somebody get in touch with you if they want to find out what you're up to? Well, they can either visit me on my main site, MeganKHarrison.com or OnlineCoursesAcademy.com. Excellent. And uh, Dean, do you have anything you want to ask about that? No, no. I actually looked at the uh, looked at the sites earlier. I love I love your websites. The branding is very cool. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> I did my research. That's all from <laughs> scrapbooking. <laughs> scrapbooking yeah. skills right there. <laughs> Yeah, scrapbooking to car, course creator, uh, the story of Megan Harris. <laughs> yes, that is the journey. The E True Hollywood story. <laughs> actually, one of one of my um, clients right now is actually launching today. I need to check the stats, but she is the host of Ease Famously Single, and they've turned their uh, licensed practitioner or licensed couples counselors, therapists, whatever you call it, in NYC, and so they've turned their knowledge and expertise into an online course on um, how to get people to find lasting love and keep it. Well, there you go. That's uh, that's another important topic for a different show, I suppose. So many good topics. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for being here, Megan. This was, this was fantastic. Dean, is there, is there any, uh, do you have any parting words of wisdom or otherwise? I'd be scared. I'd be scared to try and say anything. I'm in the room with two very intelligent people <laughs> that use words I can't quite understand yet. So, <laughs> I, I just want to thank you for educating me, both of you. This is <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> well, she did. She's. We got hypothetical, and I believe altruistic was uh, was the second one. <laughs> oh, I was keeping that. that is true, and I can't wait to see your food truck course six weeks from now. <laughs> it's going to be a winner. Yeah. I'm already thinking about. I it. think it's going to be a massive success. I have never seen one yet. All right, so so I have one last question for Dean. Though, what was the name of your food truck? This is what I've been—the burning oh, question. I, I need to remember. I'm not going to lie. This is when I was like 17, 18. I'm. Uh, I've, Dean, I've, you're not that old. I've grown a beard and everything <laughs> since then. <I'm laughs> I bet if you'd had the beard at that point in time, you may not have gotten held up. They may have <laughs> exactly. taken you more seriously. <laughs> it was your, it was your baby face that left you vulnerable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Let's rob this 12-year-old boy and run. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Awesome. Well, uh, well, Megan, thanks again for being here today. Uh, for anybody who wants to uh, build a course and learn how to do it in a very systematic, uh, methodical way that'll make sure that you're setting yourself up for success and getting something out the door that you know makes you money, gets you all the Chanel purses that you really <laughs> want to have, and helps all the people that you're looking to help then uh, you can check out Megan's stuff at onlinecourseacademy.com or Megan's other site, megankharrison.com and find out more about her and all that stuff will be in the show notes. And uh, once again, this is James P. Friel signing off with my co-host, 
Dean Holland, and we'll talk to you next time with some more tips. Later, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfreel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.